superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined today by Derek Brown and Andrew Erickson. Fellas, we are talking about... Some week three must-start players. We're going to hit every position. We will start at the very top with the must-start running backs here going into week three. And Debro, we will start with you. Starts. Well, first guy I'm going to bring up here, and people might be surprised for me to say his name, is Javante Williams. I get that the volume has been capped, but this is a ceiling opportunity for Javante. He's been really efficient with the work he's been given. He's top 20 in yards to contact per attempt and missed tackles force per attempt. But the Miami Dolphins cannot stop the run. They have the lowest stuff rate in the NFL, and they have allowed the seventh highest rate of five-plus or more yard runs. So Javante, I think, is going to have himself a day, as well as they struggled versus receiving backs last year. So start Javante. Fire him up as an RB2. Feel really good about it. Next guy to bring up here, and I know he failed people last week. Go back to the well. We told you not to play him last week. Play him this week. And that's Joshua Kelly. I think Austin Eckler is going to be out. The Minnesota run defense is bad with a capital B. Second lowest stuff rate in the NFL. They have allowed the fourth highest yards per carry on zone runs. Why does it matter again? Joshua Kelly, 44% of his runs or on zone concept so far this season. He has 4.7 yards per carry on those runs. He's going to have himself a day. And the last guy, been singing his praises the entire offseason. Now people are seeing why. Jalen Warren, baby. Jalen Warren needs to be a start. Good, throw him into your flex. Not telling you to start him as an RB2, but you need to start him. Because this guy has been crushing it. Multiple broken tackle metrics. He's near the top end. As well as... You you take a sample of 24 running backs right now. He's eighth in receiving grade. He's second in yards per route run behind only Josh Jacobs. And you marry this with who they're playing this week. The Las Vegas Raiders last year, most receiving yards allowed to running backs. Fourth highest yards per reception and the fourth most receptions to running backs. So you thought Jalen Warren had a really good game last week in the passing game. Wait till you see this one. Yeah, Erickson, you're roughly in line with Debro on both Javante and Joshua Kelly, but you are much lower on Jalen Warren. You're, I believe, 13 spots lower in the current rankings, uh, you know, from where Debro is. Debro's got him at a borderline RB2, uh, and you've got him as mm-hmm. an RB4. So what are you not seeing that Debro is? I just don't know who they're going to give the ball to. Like, do you have him ranked over Najee this week? I've got him and Najee, like, back-to-back, RB25 and RB26. I think they're going to split the work and both can have a good day. Okay, so I guess that, that's my concern. It's like, look, Najee's obviously had a tor- horrible run out, but he's still their first round pick. And I mean, they, they've had like the worst matchups possible. So I know mm-hmm. Jalen Warren's obviously looked better and he has looked better even dating back to last year, but Najee really hasn't had a chance to do anything. <laughs> like, like, so I, I think that if he gets going a little bit against the Raiders, I think that he could have a productive DA. I mean, I think that just caps... Jalen Warren's ceiling. I think I view Warren probably more as like a flex play. I know I'm going to have to probably have to start him in a bunch of leagues because 
I obviously lost Nick Chubb in a bunch of my leagues, but have Warren um, on my bench. Yeah, you, you guys know I'm reticent to uh, obviously praise Pittsburgh in anything, but I will. You know, it is fair to point out I think that they've faced two very, very it's good defenses. The two worst to start defenses the year. you could probably. Yeah, guess. so like I, I try and give a. Li- I, I was not a Najee Harris investor this off season, but I still try and get a little bit of you you know leeway just given who the opponents have been. Uh, let's get into some who should I starts. This is using our who should I start tool, which is free to use for everybody at fantasypros.com slash start. Just a player comparison tool. All these guys that we discussed, we're going to kind of reference some one-on-one player comps. We're going to draw those numbers from the who should I start tool. Again, that's free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. So Debro, who are you starting this week? Javante Williams or Brees Hall? Oh, Javante. That's not even close. Uh, it's actually, you know, the vote goes towards Brees Hall, uh, in the tool. They're back to back in, in ECR, um, you know, pretty Are people aware that Zach Wilson's playing quarterback? <laughs> uh, I think everybody, unfortunately is aware of that at this point. How about Joshua Kelly or James Connor? This one's really close. I'm going to go Kelly. Um, I just don't know. I like, I'll lean on the volume for Connor, but I don't even know if Arizona moves the ball this week. The the vote goes towards Connor, but literally if one expert had it the other way, it would go towards Kelly. That's how close that one is. Uh, and then Jalen Warren or Gus Edwards this week? Oh, geez. It's Jalen Warren. Gus Edwards has a terrible matchup. Like, Indy might not be a great team. They are top shelf at stopping the run. I, I See, I disagree with you there just because I think Gus is going to oh, get really? like, so much. Oh, really? I what think what team does Gus Edwards for? play for, Worm? If, I wonder if, why if, you disagree. If Justice Hill was playing, <laughs> I would be more inclined to agree with you. But the fact that he's not, like, who's going to take carries from Gus? Melvin they Gordon, also love to run in the red zone. Oh, just Melvin Gordon Kenyon is Drake. not going to take I carries from Gus. Answer. And then just bring Lamar Kenyon Jackson Drake. will take carries. Kenyon Drake. Well, they, they're not running as much this year with Lamar Jackson. Kenyon Drake and Melvin Gordon stink. I mean, this is going to be Gus's backfield. Kenyon Drake stunk last year, and he played plenty. <laughs> I will be shocked if Gus. Well, that was Gus was coming back from the ACL last year too. Now he's they have removed. this weird I, infatuation with Kenyon Drake that is unhealthy. We're going off. I will on be really Ravens surprised if Gus doesn't to a get a detour get a, here. I will be really surprised if Gus doesn't get a touchdown this week. Is all I'm saying. I'll and be really surprised if Gus gets over 40 yards rushing. I'll say that the experts agree. Gus is getting about three quarters of the vote for him mm. against Jalen Warren. Erickson, give me your three must start running backs this week. All right, Alexander Madison, because if you have him on your roster, which you shouldn't because we told you not to draft him, but if you do and you made a mistake, this is, you got to start him. Like, this is do or die time. Just Rashad White last week was do or die. He's playing the Chargers in a game with a 54 and a half point total. Like, this game is going to be a lot of scoring. Alexander Madison has one touchdown this year. He caught a receiving touchdown in week one. So if there's a chance where he's going to have the most amount of touches away from Cam Akers, it would be in this week where they just added Cam Akers and traded for him later in the week. So for me, this is Madison's last chance to hold him to the job, and you got to start him. I'm howling on the least, inside right at now. Least through t- <laughs> at least through two weeks, they really haven't shown like they're going to give the ball to Chai Chandler any more than Madison. Madison's had a 70%, 70% plus snap share back-to-back weeks. He's still the guy for now until he loses the job to Cam Akers, but this is the matchup you want to start him in against the Chargers defense. I think it's a good spot for him. Um, and the offensive line should be a little bit healthier than it was against the Eagles on Thursday night. Next guy here is Kyron Williams. Uh, speaking of Cam Akers, Kyron Williams, the new RB1 for the Los Angeles Rams, uh, another one of Sean McVay's favorites. Um, he played 95% of the snaps in week two. He is second in red zone carries behind only Tony Pollard in the NFL. They're going to put up points or at least get into the red zone against the Bengals. I think we're going to see the Bengals have been horrible against the run this year. 
They've allowed the second most rushing yards per game. And Kyron Williams got it done last week against the 49ers. <laughs> like one of the best run defenses in the NFL. Again, a lot of it's touchdowns. And I talked about it earlier with Matthew Stafford, where Stafford's due for some positive touchdown regression. It's not always going to be Kyron Williams scoring all these touchdowns in the red zone. But until that ends up happening, you got to stay in the flames with Kyron Williams. I think that he's a RB1 this week. So if you pick them up, you're pretty much starting him over a lot of different guys on your roster. Any running backs that have you drafted in an RB2 range, I'm starting Kyron Williams over all of them because you got to stay in the flames with the Rams running back who's leading the team in snaps and carries. And lastly, my guy here is Isaiah Pacheco for the Kansas City Chiefs. So Pacheco's usage has kind of been up and down the last couple of weeks, but I did like what he saw last week, 12 carries for 70 yards. He's super efficient, runs like a maniac, and again, Bears defense. Bears defense is so bad against everything. And honestly, when I look at the Chiefs offense and who actually offers a lot of juice, I would say Pacheco is like one of the most explosive players they have. Like all the receivers are just kind of like, Middling guys, no one's stepping up. They're just rotating all the receivers. You can't trust any of them. But the running back that I think you can trust is Isaiah Pacheco. Now, he didn't have ideal receiving usage last week. He only had two targets. But the other Kansas City running backs combined for two carries. Pacheco's snap rate increased. It was at 51%. And his route participation was actually higher than it was in week one. So all kind of low-key metrics that are pointing upwards for Pacheco to have a massive game against a horrible defense. Pacheco was super explosive. He had 70 rushing yards last week on just 12 carries. I think Pacheco goes over 100 rushing yards and scores this week against the Bears. So, Erickson, my first, you know, who should I start that I was going to ask you, I didn't realize that you had one of these guys, like, way lower than anybody else on the staff at Fantasy Pros. So, Alexander Madison or Brian Robinson? Mm, I'm going to go with Alexander Madison. Yeah, so so I want to get your opinion on that, Debra, too, because... Erickson has Brian Robinson 27th at running back, whereas Debro, Joey P, and Pat Fitzmorris all have him in the teens. So, Debro, why are you a lot higher on, on Robinson? And would you take Robinson over Madison if you had to pick between the two? I'll take Robinson over Madison only for the volume. Like, I think I think he's pretty much a lock for 18 to 20 plus touches. Like, he could get 25 touches in this game, and that won't surprise me at all. So, really, for once you get past, like, RB 10, 11 ish, it just turns into a crapshoot. And you're okay, what's matchups look like? What's volume look like? And I'm just leaning on the volume for Brian Robinson. Next, who should I start here, Erickson? Kyron Williams or James Cook? You said you would take Williams over all of those guys you might have drafted as an RB2, but is James Cook in that list too? If it was full PPR, I would probably go towards Cook. But in half PPR, that, that's the standard scoring that we're talking about. I'm going it to Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams has touchdown upside that James doesn't have. Like, that's James Cook's Achilles heel, unfortunately. is a super explosive and, like, as better of a running back that James Cook is compared to Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams is getting mm-hmm. those red zone goal line touches that just make it so much easier for him to outscore James Cook, who, unfortunately, they're just not giving the ball to in the red zone. That one's another coin flip where essentially one expert going a different direction could have flipped it. Technically, Cook has the lead there, but really a 50-50. And then Isaiah Pacheco or DeAndre Swift? Oh, my God, Pacheco. Easy. DeAndre Swift. DeAndre (laughs) Swift managers are in for a rude awakening here in week three. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, he looks so good in that yeah, Thursday night like game. Yeah, almost like unbelievable. Almost like it's not going to ever happen ever again. Yeah. <laughs> D-Row, D- you're a little higher on Swift than Erickson. Would you take Swift ahead of Pacheco this week? 
I'll take Swift only because the Pacheco hamstring issues kind of worry me a little bit. Like they eased him in week one, week two. I'm worried they don't give him full run with the hammy popping up. Guys, we are back with another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups and walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code FANTASYPROS. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Guys, let's move to our must-start wide receivers. Debra, starting with you. All right. Well, it's Gabe Davis week, baby. Let's go. Washington Commanders cannot defend the deep ball. Gabe Davis is going to have himself a day. Washington Commanders versus deep passing this year. Highest yards per attempt allowed. Fifth highest passer rating. And the ninth highest adjusted completion rate. So, Josh Allen, go ahead. Go deep, sir. Gabe Davis, let's go. Next guy to bring up here is Zay Flowers. These indie uh, cornerbacks are terrible. Dallas Flowers, over 100 passer rating. Uh, Daryl Baker Jr., 125.8 passer rating. Zay Flowers is going to eat up that zone coverage. Got to start him this week. As well as, we didn't brought up the fact that Odell Beckham Jr. is probably not going to play in this game. So, more targets to Zay Flowers. Last guy to bring up here, and... This is going to, I'm going to stack this later in this episode, but I'm going to bring him up here. Rashid Shahid, baby. He has looked fantastic this year and really the Achilles heel for the Green Bay Packers. Again, going back to the deep passing, they have been bad versus deep passing. And it's not even just this year. It's the last two seasons and the fact that they run a ton of zone coverage. The Packers uh, this year so far, their outside corners have played zone on 79 to 83% of their coverage snaps. Rashid Shahid over the last two years, 3.73 yards per route run and 3.4. Those are magical numbers. Shahid is going to have himself a day. He's going to catch one deep one for at least one touchdown. Let's go. Yeah, Sheed's been really good this year. You just you only included Zay Flowers because you wanted me to bring up smoking again like last week. I, I know that's <laughs> that's what you did. Uh, Flowers, does it worry you at all with Zay that he did get a little bit less workload once Mark Andrews came back? No, I mean, I was expecting that. Like, Mark Andrews is, is the wide receiver one in this offense, but I think, like, we're going to see more targets go back to Zay with no Odell because Rashad Bateman... I'm not even going to say they're in, like they're putting him in the doghouse. He's not even playing a full-time role. He's splitting snaps with Nelson Aguilar. And the only thing I can think of it is he's not fully healthy. Like we know the talent's I, I think, there, but I think he's not. probably healthy. They just want to bring him along slowly. Given the injuries he's had, I, I I'm be. hoping it's a medical thing though. 
uh, regardless of whether or not he's actually injured right now on Bateman, because otherwise that has really confused me too. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do some who should I start to your D-bro. Gabe Davis or Jahan Dotson this week? Oh, Gabe Davis. Easy Gabe. Uh, Davis not winning that vote. Uh, it's going to Dotson there. DJ Moore or Zay Flowers? I'm going to go Zay Flowers. Um, I just saw the Kansas City Chiefs shut down Calvin Ridley. What are they going to do versus DJ Moore? Yeah, I, I'm with you. Zay is only getting about a third of the vote there. I am with you, though. That should be Zay Flowers. Uh, and then Rashid Shahid or Tutu Atwell? Oh, Shahid. Uh, that, and I'm not saying Tutu is going to have a bad day, but the Cincinnati corners are really good. Like Awuzie and Cam Taylor Britt are extremely good. You do not ta- attack those outside corners. That's not what you want to do. Uh, well, you must be the only expert in this tool who's voting for Shahid because he is just getting blown out the door by Tutu Atwell in this vote. 97% of experts currently in half PPR ratings no. are going with Tutu. So you are out on an island there. Erickson, okay. give me your three must-start receivers. All right, going with Chris Godwin. I know that Mike Evans has kind of overshadowed Chris Godwin a little bit here as the guy who's making all the plays for Tampa Bay. But in this particular matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles strengths are at the perimeter. They have really strong perimeter cornerbacks. Not good for Mike Evans, who eventually isn't going to catch a long touchdown. Like it's going to happen. So for me, I'm targeting the middle of the Eagles defense with Chris Godwin, who runs a lot of his routes from the slot. The Eagles are allowing the second most passing yards per game. Most completions when they face the Patriots and the Minnesota Vikings. So Chris Godwin, has been solid so far this year. He has five catches for 50-plus yards and seven targets per game through his first two contests, so he's been fine. He hasn't caught those touchdowns yet. I think we see him hit the end zone this week. Baker Mayfield missed him last week in the end zone. I think he's going to score, so I like Chris Godwin here in half PPR against the Eagles. Next up, Josh Reynolds for the Detroit Lions. Josh Reynolds quietly has just been balling out as the Lions wide receiver, too. Look, he scored twice last week. And I don't think that we're going to see the Lions get away from him as a feature part of this offense. I love this game, playing in Coors Field, Ford Field, uh, for the NFL. And I think the matchup against the Falcons is decent. So Josh Reynolds, especially with Amon Rob St. Brown banged up a little bit with this turf toe injury. I feel like we're going to just see Jared Goff lean on Josh Reynolds again, like as he's done throughout this year, as we saw him do when they played together in Los Angeles with the Rams, 20% target share. He leads the team in air yards through two weeks. So I like Josh Reynolds. If you scooped him up off the waiver wire, I think he's an easy plug and play guy that is hot right now. Like he is a guy that's in the flames. that I think you should just continue to ride out until something changes in the Detroit Lions offense. that would suggest that they're going to get away from Josh Reynolds, which I don't think it's going to happen here in week three. And last but not least, someone that is breaking out before our eyes Nico Collins for the Houston Texans. You truly love to see it, people. Second in receiving EPA through two weeks. Last week, seven catches for 146 yards, nine targets, 25% target rate per route run this season. Fifth in receiving yards. Fifth in total air yards. Nico Collins is, is doing everything we've ever dreamed of and wanted of as one of the consensus breakout sleepers. So I'm in love with it. So I just think you keep playing him. The Jaguars are going to, or excuse me, the Texans are going to have to throw try to keep pace against the Jaguars. So I love Nico Collins and would be happy to start him over a bunch of, even like over DeAndre Hopkins. Like it seems weird to like, Oh, I, I'm going to start Nico Collins over Hopkins is like, yes, yes, you are because he is playing well above a wide receiver two that you had drafted earlier in draft season. So Nico Collins for me, I feel really good about. 
Yeah, Debro, you are you're actually a little higher on Nico Collins than Erickson. You're lower on both Godwin and Reynolds, but you're really lower on Reynolds, like like twenty or thirty slots lower. So why are you not coming around on Reynolds yet? Uh, it, it's not the the production for Reynolds. I think that game just tanks. I think that with Amonra out, I think you also you're you're going to be missing David Montgomery. I think that's going to be a lower scoring matchup. I think I'd probably be betting the under in that game. And the other part about this. Falcons are terrible versus tight ends. I think it's just going to be a big Sammy ball game one. Do you really okay. think that game is going to go under? I do. All, dude, all, every do. game that's played in Detroit has gone the last 10 home games for the Lions. Average I mean, Goff, points. What, what, what weapons does he have healthy? Amonra, his wide receiver one's going to be out. David Montgomery's last, out. Are the they going to use Jameer Goff, Gibbs? They're going to run Craig Reynolds? The last Reynolds. time Goff played without Amonra St. Brown, you know what game it was? Last year's game, Seattle versus Detroit, okay. where there was almost 100 points scored. That Amon Ra didn't play in that game. So that's fair. I, I think Goff can be fine without Amon Ra, especially they have Gibbs. He's an explosive playmaker. You talked about Sammy Ball game. He's good. Yeah, I, I, think think it's it's be, I, I think it's a Sam Laborda game. <laughs> well, they're going to hit you, the over. <laughs> to, to be fair, Deeper, you think every game is a Sam Laporta game. Because they are. He's <laughs> tight end six yeah. right now. I mean, yeah. somebody stopped the man. He's a top 10 tight end. I heard rookies <laughs> can't produce. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, so let's do some who should I start. Chris Godwin or George Pickens this week? Chris Godwin for me. I think he's safer. How about how about Josh Reynolds or Cortland Sutton? Burying Cortland Sutton. I'm starting mm. Josh Reynolds. <laughs> okay, that that's your version of Rashid Shaheed. Cortland Sutton is getting over 90% of the vote there <laughs> compared to Josh Reynolds. Uh I don't. I mean, they looked a little more explosive this last week. Uh, it's like guess. never sudden, not even if there's a fire. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he can't. He just he can't get targets when Judy plays, man. It just yeah. doesn't happen. I, no, I, I mean, I, I get I, I don't think the disparity should be that much for the record. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, 93 to seven. Uh, and then Nico Collins or Michael Pittman this week. Ooh, that one's close. Um, Pittman has just been balling out. Well, actually, I have them back to back my rankings. So you've uh, where, where really do you have Nico up against at? the wall? Because we talked about Nico a good bit. Like, I want to see who's higher on Nico. I think Worm said you were. Yeah. So Debro, you, you have Nico at least in what I'm seeing here in our half PPR rankings. Twenty, baby. Debro's got him twenty, yeah. and Erickson's got him twenty six. Yeah. So I have Pittman twenty five. So okay. um, I would probably start Pittman, I, just because the Ravens secondary is still. Yeah, a that's exactly what Pittman I was going to say. If if Marlon Humphrey was healthy and playing, I would probably go with. Nico, but that secondary is banged up. I know the defense has played really well, even mm-hmm. with all the secondary injuries. But uh, you know, a guy like Pittman is talented enough to take advantage of that, um, especially if if Minshew ends up being the one playing. And I also think that the Colts' offensive line is better than the Texans' offensive line, mm-hmm. and the Ravens don't have a good pass rush. So I think that Minshew, Richardson, whoever is the quarterback, is just going to pepper Pittman. And I like the Colts' offense in general, just like fast paced. It's good for Pittman. So Pittman yeah. for me. We, we love Nico Collins, but yeah, I think that's a reasonable take to, to go with Pittman here. Say goodbye to your own start-sit dilemmas with Fantasy Pro's start-sit assistant. Within seconds, you'll know exactly who to play for optimal results each week. Leveraging insights from numerous experts, the start-sit assistant aligns your lineup decisions with the top minds in fantasy football, giving you a competitive edge. Maximize your lineup's potential with just a few clicks. Head to fantasypros.com slash myplaybook and make winning decisions in no time. We will wrap up as we always do here with our must start quarterbacks, tight ends, and defenses. We group these all together. So, Debro, give me your QB, TE, and DST. I mean, I talked about uh, I'm going to stack them together. I'm going Derek Carr this week. I know that sounds crazy, but look, I talked about how bad Green Bay is versus deep passing. 
Derek Carr leads all quarterbacks in deep ball rate and deep pass attempts. That man is being aggressive. He's throwing down the field. He tried to do it last week for the Panthers, and they said, uh-uh-uh, Packers can't do that. So give me all the Derek Carr. Next guy I would bring up here, and we talked about the no-fly zone in the previous episode. Hey, Nurst, you should have just known he wasn't going to do anything last week versus the Saints. But now, we're back in, baby. We're back in. They're playing the Seattle Seahawks, who basically have been a turnstile versus tight ends. Uh, this year, fourth most receiving yards, highest yards per reception to the position. Week one, Hayden Hurst had an 18% target share. I don't care if Bryce Young doesn't play. Give me the red rifle. Give me Andy Dalton chucking at the ball to Hayden Hurst. And I'm going to sit here and bring up the defense, man. I talked about them. And the reason why I'm out on Tyler Algier and the Falcons rushing attack, it is because I want to play the Detroit Lions defense. They are a good run defense. They're going to make this Falcons um, offense one-dimensional. They can't run the ball. I'm sorry to say, but the Falcons are going to have to rely on the arm of Desmond Mitter this week. And we're just going to keep playing defenses versus Desmond Mitter. So give me the Detroit Lions. So, d the uh, question I'm going to ask you, I know you have a very clear answer on this for this. Who should I start? It's mm-hmm. Jake Ferguson or Hayden Hurst. Oh, Hayden Hurst. So I, I knew you had that, but the reason I wanted to bring up Hayden Hurst is because this is one of the biggest discrepancies we've had on this show. Uh, you have Hayden Hurst ninth this week. Erickson has him 27th. And at tight end, that is a massive gap. It would be a big gap anywhere, but that is a really wide gap. By the way, Ferguson is getting most of the vote in Ferguson versus Hurst. So Erickson, why are you so much lower on Hurst than Debro is? Well, as the resident number two ranked uh, ranker at tight end so far through two weeks, um, Ferguson has way more touchdown upside. In my opinion, that man just bet he, Ferguson to get the first touchdown. That's all he's doing. That's, he all, that's all it is. He just hit the bed <laughs> and, he and he's staying with Ferg Daddy. That's all and it I is. Was, and the, the Cardinals have been one of these tight end funnel defense. That's fair. Not good against tight end. So I like Ferguson. And just like with tight end, you just got to follow the scores because if you score a touchdown, you're automatically going to be a top 10 mm-hmm. tight end. So you think is Carolina's Carolina gonna not going to score? I mean, why would they? I don't what know, what have they I'm shown through two, through two weeks? What have they shown that's like, oh, this offense is going to put up some points this week? That's that's the only reason why. I don't Seattle think. secondary cures everything that ails you. Okay. Uh, Erickson, uh, must start quarterback, tight end, and defense. I don't think I've answered more questions about a quarterback this week on Discord than Justin Fields. Um, you ha- I'm starting him. If I have Let's a quarterback, go. if I've just like Let's people go. are jumping off the band, but people are panicked and afraid and they're like, I can't start this guy. Should Let's I start go. Jared Goff over Justin Fields? Should I start insert pocket passer here? And I'm like, no, no, you can't do this. Justin Fields has scored more fantasy points this year than Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, and Dak Prescott. Are you betting any of those guys? No. Like the guy still scored 16 points per game. Like he's not, he's not out here scoring sub 10 points and killing your team. This is Justin Fields' floor, okay? This is his floor that he's had over the last two weeks. He didn't run at all last week. He scored a rushing touchdown, but he had a career, or not a career low, but really low outlier performance when it came to rushing. Three yards on four carries. And in the news, if you've been paying attention, it's all about you feeling robotic. They're putting him in position not to be a pocket passer, etc. And he's talked about how he needs to play more of his game this week against the Chiefs. What do you think that means? He's going to run the ball. Like, he's going to use his legs because that's one of his best gifts and one of his best talents and strengths as a quarterback. He's going to run. They're going to be down by a ton of points. He's going to be scrambling, trying to pick up yards and keep them in the game. Keep it competitive. 
So don't give up on Justin Fields because you drafted him for his legs. Okay, I understand like if you're someone had a question about, oh, I'm playing in a point per completion league. Like, should I bench Fields? Like, probably if you're going to lose <laughs> negative points, then yeah. Like, I'm not sure why you drafted him in the first place in that format. But in normal formats where rushing is king, you got to go back to Justin Fields. I felt strong about this with Daniel Jones last week. People were writing Daniel Jones off. I'm like, guys, it's a running quarterback. They overcome when they don't play well as a passer. And it's going to happen this week with Justin Fields. So I know I said to bench all Bears players, basically. I'm not benching Justin Fields this week because he's going to run. And you're going to regret that. You're going to regret benching a guy with a ceiling as high as Justin Fields. We see this last year. He had slow start to the year. And then what happened? Oh, he unleashed the legs and was a top fantasy scoring quarterback. It's going to be the exact same thing. So Justin Fields for me, I think you need to start him. As for a tight end, Kate Otten for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He played 97% of the snaps for the second straight week. He actually led all Buccaneers players in routes run in week two. Caught all six of his targets for 41 yards. He's playing the Eagles. Eagles get shredded over the middle of the field. So, again, I don't think it's going to be a big game for Mike Evans. I expect it to be a Chris Godwin game and a Cade Otten game. So, if you need a streamer this week, I think Cade Otten is one of my favorite guys that you can stream, pick up off the waiver wire for some solid production. And then my must-start DST. Again, maybe I'm hedging a little bit here, but Kansas City Chiefs. Look. I think that Fields is going to run, but he's also going to take a lot of sacks. <laughs> so that's going to be part of it. Luckily, sacks don't count for his negative yard. It's just the team's negative yardage. So, yeah, if you want to hedge a little bit, someone actually asked this too. Should I start Fields and the Chiefs DST? And I'm like, why not? <laughs> Do I think both. yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Chiefs DST is like one of the most obvious streamers. And they and they also play the Jets next week too. Yeah. So, um, so. <laughs> who should I start uh, in the tool? You actually can do more than just a one-on-one. You can go up to four players. So I actually did three quarterbacks here mm. to a tongue of Iloa, Kirk cousins or Justin Fields, Erickson. Ooh. I mean, I'm starting Justin Fields. If I, if I drafted Justin Fields, then I'm starting him. So I'm not sure if there's a scenario where you have the, all those guys on your roster. Where like, do you have Justin Fields ranked? I, right I, th- I think it's now, possible now that you I'm have. Curious. He has Fields ranked fifth. And I think okay. it's possible that you would have Fields in one of these guys if you were just trying to hedge against, well, a running quarterback maybe gets hurt. Like, you would take your second QB maybe a little earlier. Uh, Debra, what what about you? Tua, Kirk, or Fields? I, I'm just asking because I've got them all, like, back-to-back. Like, I've got Kirk. Uh, it's literally Kirk, Tua, and Fields in my ranks. So I, I would go with Kirk or Tua. Tua but I, is I, mean, getting... I, I still have Fields top 10. Tua is getting the bulk of the the vote here, 63%, Kirk 33%, and then Fields all the way down at three. People are not happy with what they've seen look, the look, first two I, weeks. I guess I would say if, like, if you're really worried and you just don't want to, like, take any risks, then you should probably play one of the pocket passers. Like, they both have good matchups, so I, I don't dissuade anybody. But I'm my concern is people are dropping Justin Fields to pick up, like, Jordan Love. No. And, like, Derek Carr. And, like, starting these guys. Like, that's the good panic Lord. level with Justin Fields. So if you have a stud pocket passer... If you don't, you want to see it from Fields first, Mm-mm. fine. I, I'm fine with that. But if you want actual upside, don't go to the waiver wire. Just play Justin Fields. Yeah, if you if you drafted an early QB two because you drafted Fields as your QB one, then I think it's reasonable to start them. But I, you should not be dropping Justin Fields. That would We're be a two huge weeks in. Yeah, can we also understand that we've, we've seen mistake. two games? People overreactions. Yeah. Stop it. Before we move on with the show, I need to take a moment to share something really personal with you. A while back, a friend of mine had a harrowing experience with identity theft, and it got me seriously thinking about my own online privacy. I realized that my personal data, just like yours, is constantly being traded and sold online by data brokers. It's a scary thought. 
That's when I discovered Delete Me, a service that has become a game changer for me. Delete Me helps in erasing your personal information that's sold by data brokers, safeguarding your privacy like a pro. I've been using Delete Me for a while now, and the peace of mind it provides is truly priceless. I control what information is out there about me, protecting not only my privacy, but also my safety. I can't stress enough how important it is to protect yourself online, and Delete Me is your first line of defense. Now get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to join deleteme.com slash fantasy20 and use promo code fantasy20. The only way to get 20% off is to go to join deleteme.com slash fantasy20 and enter promo code fantasy20 at checkout. That's join deleteme.com slash fantasy20, promo code fantasy20. I want to ask you guys, though, before we get into the must-sits, and maybe this might tie in quite nicely, depending on how you guys feel about these running backs, but I want to react quickly to this Cam Akers trade to the Minnesota Vikings. Erickson, I'll start with you. What does this do for Alexander Madison's value rest of season? Red alert. It was already on red alert after he sucked for two weeks against in some really tough matchups. Um, we told you not to draft him. Like, we were very gung-ho. Me and Debro didn't agree on everything this season, but we felt like Alexander Madison was not a great investment in those middle rounds. Not So, I'm concerned. Like, he has to deliver against some of these softer matchups coming up, or he's going to lose out on touches to Cam Akers. Like, you can say what you want about, oh, Cam Akers, he's not good, blah, 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 but he's shown that he can handle volume in the NFL against teams not named the Detroit Lions. Which, at this point, that's all Alexander Madison has done is show out in games versus the Lions defense. So, for me, Kevin O'Connell comes from the Rams organization. It's not no coincidence that they picked Cam Akers as a running back to add to their stable after two disappointing weeks from Alexander Madison and Ty Chandler. So, we saw last year, Cam Akers was an RB1 over the last six weeks of the NFL season. He led the NFL in rushing yards. Trust the process, baby. Going with this. Tr- trust the process. Okay, he gets benched week one, goes on the trade block in the doghouse, disappears, and then finishes out the season as a top, top running back. So for me, I want Cam Akers on my team. If you can scoop him up from somebody else, keep him stashed because I think it's just a matter of time before he takes a job from Alexander Madison, who has been just unimpressive in my opinion uh, to start the year. Nobody connects players and coaches who were together in previous organizations more than Erickson does, and we always appreciate it. Debra, what was your reaction to the trade? I mean, I, I just love the process that Erickson's running through. So all I heard Erickson say in that entire spiel was Cam Akers stretch, stretch run winner. <laughs> and I mean, I'm here for it, man. I mean, to, to be real about this, I agree with everything Erickson said. Madison is not an impressive back, and and the way that we characterized this, and we talked about this, and we framed it in the offseason was if the first thing that you bring up about said running back is not the talent, but the opportunity, this is what a dead zone back is made out of. Like, that's all everybody kept talking about. Great offense, all this. Blah, 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 blah. Nobody ever said, hey, look at the talent of this player, and that's why we should be excited. But you have Cam Akers. There are stretches. Now, have we seen all of this for an entire NFL season? No. Have we seen stretches of dominance from him, of RB1 production that give us hope that if he could stay healthy, if Sean McVay is is not going to send him into the bench again, can he do that? And so now that a team actually traded for him, 
yeah, it's damning of uh, Alexander Madison and Ty Chandler. Because if you didn't have faith in Alexander Madison, then you would think Ty Chandler should take over. If you don't have faith in either one of those guys, then you trade for somebody else. So, yes, I'm down on both of those guys. And if you can get Cam Akers off the waiver wire for cheap and as a throw-in and a deal, go ahead. Have at it. Sits. Let's get into our must-sit running backs here to kick off the show. Uh, Erickson, we'll start with you. Give me your three running backs that you are sitting this week. Yep, so I'm going to start with Jerome Ford. Everyone's favorite waiver wire pickup of the week, but it's just going to be the Josh Kelly 2.0 show here again. He's playing the Titans. They are the no-run-on defense, number two in fewest fantasy points allowed running back so far this season after last year where they were basically a defense that their defensive line is just so good teams can't run the ball on them. Like teams just basically are like, we give up running the football and we're going to have to throw it. There is no Jack Conklin for the Cleveland Browns. I know Jerome Ford ripped off a big run on Monday night football, but if he doesn't rip off a big run here against the Titans, I don't think he's going to do a lot. So I know you added him this week, but you got to practice discipline here. If you added Josh Kelly last week and started him, you were disappointed. And I think it's going to be the exact same thing. If you added Jerome Ford and you start him this week, again, if you're desperate, he's a floor play at best. So Jerome Ford's a sit for me. The next guy is Khalil Herbert for the Chicago Bears. Tough place to play going up to Kansas City for the Bears, who are just kind of in a (laughs) dysfunctional uh, situation, I would say, with their offense. Just a lot of question marks about what's going on. And we just keep hearing whispers about Roshan Johnson getting more and more involved in the offense. Look, I'll believe it when I finally see it, because it has not happened in either of the games. Khalil Herbert has still been the clear RB1, but in a game where you could see them easily playing from behind they are 12 and a half point dogs i could definitely see roshan johnson being more involved just because they're in pass game script and he's the he's the guy that they prefer a little bit more in the passing game versus Khalil herbert who i think it would be wisely them to get herbert the ball more to like establish some type of running game to help their quarterback but you know i digress so just Khalil herbert he's not getting enough volume right now to rely on him even though i do think he's a talented guy and then the last guy is damian pierce um look I don't think that Pierce is a bad running back like I do with Alexander Madison, but he just has no help. The Texas offensive line is is so hurt. Like they don't, like he doesn't stand a chance right now. He ranks dead last among all running backs in total rushing EPA because he's basically hit behind the line of scrimmage in every single play and the snaps aren't there to help his production. Like if he was getting a 75%, 80% snap load, okay, we could see him being a volume play. But I mean, he's had 45% snap share back-to-back weeks. Devin Singletary is playing a lot more than I think People thought that he would, especially with the Texans always facing these negative game scripts. So for me, Damian Pierce is just another guy I'm trying to get away from. Like Pierce is someone that I like how he has, he has strong job security in my opinion. So I think that he is kind of like an interesting buy low for the future when the Texas offensive line gets healthy, when the schedule eases up. But for right now and the upcoming schedule is just still absolutely brutal for Damian Pierce. So I think you got to sit him on the bench. Yeah, Pierce is one of the running backs in the NFL. Not one of the players, but one of the running backs in the NFL that I most wish was on a different team because I just want to see him behind an actual good offensive line. I I find him so much fun to watch when he actually has room to do (laughs) anything. Uh, Debro, you and Erickson aren't too far apart in your week three rankings on Jerome Ford. You're about four spots higher, but I still want to get your opinion just because he was the hot waiver wire guy of the week. So what's kind of your approach to Jerome Ford, not only going up against a really tough defense, but also given the Kareem Hunt signing? I was sick to say, we haven't even talked about the elephant in the room here with Kareem Hunt now getting signed. Everybody that's blowing their fab on Jerome Ford, 
was like, and, and myself included, I talked about this with Joey P earlier in the week, and I was like, there's no way they're going to bring back Kareem Hunt. Like, come on. Now, I'm not telling you that he walks in there and obviously, like, he's going to 40% snap share in this game, but in a bad matchup, the team wants to obviously, they brought back Kareem Hunt. So if Jerome Ford has a bad game, all that does is kind of eke the door open for Kareem Hunt to get more work next week or the week after that Jerome Ford doesn't come out here and just like gangbusters and blow the roof off this week. And I don't think he is. I'm totally with Erickson on this. You don't run on the Tennessee high Titans. So he's a low end RB two, just based off of volume. And you're really hoping that he gets into the end zone. Cause if he doesn't, you're probably really sad. You played him. I want to ask you guys, we did a poll on Spotify, which everybody should go uh, vote in, and we're probably going to try and do more of those throughout the season. We did a poll asking Kareem Hunt is a what for the rest of season. So not Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt alone is a what for the rest of season, RB1, RB2, RB3, RB4, or RB5 or worse. So before I tell you the results, I want you guys to to, you know tell me what you guys think as well. So Erickson, (laughs) RB1, 2, 3, 4, 5 or worse. I would put him in the RB3 category. How about you, D-Bro? Can I go option E or F, an employed running back? Um, (laughs) No, to be honest, I I think RB3 is about right. He's going to get work in the passing downs. How much is to be, you know, is left up for debate. But I think RB3 is about right. So the folks agreed with you. RB3 was the uh, you know result that got the highest uh, number of votes. Uh, 45% of the votes actually went to RB3, 27% to RB2, RB4 had 14%, RB1 had 7%. Those I was going to really say, optimistic. how many people were crazy and clicked <laughs> RB1 are, just to sit here and watch the world burn? They well, are more I, optimistic than well, me. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, <laughs> but when you look at Jerome Ford, I mean, we've never seen him handle an NFL workload. Like, that's a big concern. Like, again, we, we talk about these running backs that are just put into these positions where, like, all right, he's going to be the guy. Okay, how is Jerome Ford going to look when he has 200 carries on him? Like, is he going to last the longevity of the season? You know who you know who we've seen do that? Kareem Hunt. You know who hasn't had a lot of touches over the last couple of years? Kareem Hunt. Like, there's, no, there's a world where Ford gets banged up again because he was hurt during the preseason that Hunt takes over this backfield fully. So I, I think that Kareem Hunt does have a lot of, like, long-term upside once he gets going. I, I also just don't trust this offense, though. Like, Nick Chubb carried this mm-hmm. offense so much that without him there, like, Deshaun has looked so bad. I'm not sure any—they're very—the list of running backs, I think, I would be confident in being an RB1, even if they had the bulk of the workload in this offense— is not that long. Although, yeah, you know, running agreed. back as a position well, is pretty and ugly And that goes back too, to so. the, the pass catching with Hunt. Like, he's done that in the NFL level at a very high mm-hmm. level. So if this team can't run the football, which it's not going to be as good running the football because they don't have Jack Conklin and no one is Nick Chubb, then Kareem Hunt, if they just prefer him on third downs, and Jerome Ford is the early down grinder on a team that struggles to run the football, like, what are you winning with that? Especially this week against the Titans, it's just not a good spot. You won the fat bid. That's about it. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you won. (laughs) Let's get let's go to the Who Should I Start tool. This is free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. It's just a player comparison tool where we take all the different rankings from the experts and we tell you what percentage of them are picking one guy versus the other. All of these are going to be half PPR rankings, uh, you know, as a setting I used here. But I was going to give you guys a quick couple one-on-ones. Erickson, Jerome Ford or Brees Hall? Who are you starting this week? Brees Hall. Uh, most of the votes going to Ford for that one. Khalil Herbert or Roshan Johnson? And obviously, you know, Herbert's gotten more work. 
going into this week. But like you mentioned, they'll be playing a lot from behind. So Khalil Herbert or Roshan Johnson? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would just just buy into the game script. It's like if the game script goes like it probably Big should, Roshan. it's probably just going to be more of Roshan Johnson. So, yeah, I mean, it's 12 and a half points. Like, like, like the, yeah. the Bears are going to be behind at some point during this game. So as much as I love Cole Herbert, like the game script just screams more of a, a Roshan game if you just have to pick one Bears running back, unfortunately. <laughs> Herbert is still getting most of the vote there from the experts. And then lastly, Damian Pierce or Gus Edwards, now that Justice Hill is going to be out this week, likely. Probably going to be going with the Gus bus. I mean, Gus bus was fine last week. I had to start him in a league because I had no other options. And it's like, once you start a guy and he does good, you're not sure about it. It's like, I'm just going to leave him in there. Feel good. So yeah. I'm going to keep rolling with the Gus bus, especially with that Hill injury popping up too. He's also just better than Justice Hill. Like, I don't know why he wasn't getting more of the carries anyway, but uh, <laughs> let's go to Debro. Give me your three must sit running backs. First guy I got to bring up here is Tower Algier, and this is what we've been waiting on. Atlanta is going to face a really good run defense, and yes, I said it. I said it. The Detroit Lions are a very, very good run defense. Over the last, over the two games, to, I'm say the last two games, over the entire 2023 season, two games, they have allowed 2.97 yards per carry to running backs. Let that soak in for a second. So Atlanta is not going to be able to run the ball against this defense. They have also allowed the six lowest yards after contact per attempt. So Tyler Algier, any thoughts of you playing him in the flex? Don't do that. You're going to be very, very disappointed with that. The next guy to bring up here is Rashad White. And whether we want to talk about his inability to break tackles, he's outside the top 30 running backs and missed tackles force per attempt and yards after contact per attempt, or the fact that the Eagles are a brick wall. They have not allowed an explosive run the entire year. They have the 11th best stuff rate. All of this screams do not play Rashad White. And the last guy I got to bring up here is, again, we're talking about waiver wire pickups. The guy that was, uh, you know, the uh, the name on the tip of everybody's tongue a few weeks ago was Zach Moss. I know Zach Moss had a really good game, but... Going up against the Baltimore Ravens run defense, again, we're talking about really good run defenses, 11th lowest missed tackles allowed rate, and the 12th lowest yards per carry to zone runs. Why does this matter? Zach Moss, last week, 77% of his runs were on zone concepts. So uh, you will not catch me playing any of these three running backs. Erickson, I want to ask you, you actually are much higher on two of these guys in Debro. Algier, you're nine spots higher. You have him as an RB2. And then Rashad White, you have him as a higher-end RB2. You're 11 spots higher than Debro is. So of those two guys, who do you kind of have the most confidence in being higher on than not just Debro, but the rest of the Fantasy Pro staff? Between Algier and, well, Rashad, and Rashad, Rashad White. Rashad White is tricky because... It's like last week, was it just like the Bears or did he actually look better? Like it's a combination of both. So I am concerned about Rashad White, but he has a great workload. Like he has 19 plus touches in back-to-back games. And the Buccaneers can at least move the football against the Eagles defense is not that great in their secondary. So I don't, I'm not concerned that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are just going to get stuffed and not be able to move the football. They're going to move the football through the air, especially after the catch because the middle of their defense is horrible. So there's touchdown upside with Rashad White. I mean, he owns that backfield, and I think they're going to score points. So that's kind of where I'm at with Rashad White. Even if he's not efficient, we've seen guys, if they have a high snapshot, they can overcome. How do you overcome inefficiency is with volume. And Rashad White, two weeks in, has gotten a ton of volume in the Bucks' backfield. So, and then with Algier. I was going to ask you about that, Erickson. Like, last week, not to, not to cut you off, man, but like, 
with Chase Edmonds, like he was factoring in a lot in the first quarter before he got hurt. Any worries about Sean Tucker eating into the workload? Because that's also playing into where I'm ranking him. Like I'm worried that if, if that game versus the bears didn't give him more rope, we could see more Sean Tucker than people realize this week. But I mean, are you with me on that? Or are you just like, nah, this is White's backfield. I mean, White had played this, or Tucker played the same Bears, horrible defense, and he had seven carries for eight yards. Like, <laughs> and Rashad White delivered. Okay. Like, Rashad White, I, t- I tweeted out before the game, was like, do or die, man. Like, you have to deliver in this matchup. And he did. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep rolling with White because he delivered in a good matchup. So again, I wouldn't say that he's a smash this week, but there are not a lot of volume RB2s that you can really rely on, so that's kind of why I have him ranked there. And then with Algier, I still think Algier has a ton of touchdown equity. I know that we saw Bijan Robinson get more red zone work, but they've still used Tyler Algier plenty in the red zone, and the Lions don't have Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Like, he's a big guy when it comes to safety play, in the box, stopping the run. So I like that game from a shootout perspective. Ford Field is the course field of the NFL, like, if you look at the games, the totals for the Lions that they've played at home, it's it's like over 54 points on average. Like, there are so many points scored in those games, and I want pieces of games with high scores, and I think Algier kind of fits in that category, even if he's not a monster touch producer with Bijan getting more of the work. I mean, they've used Algier in the red zone all the time, so uh, that's kind of why I have those guys, especially in half PPR rankings where you score a touchdown, and it's really hard to not finish as like a top 36 running back. Debra, let's do some who should I start here. Tyler Algier or A.J. Dillon this week? Ew. Are we assuming that Aaron Jones is out in that? Um, if that's the case, which I know he hasn't practiced. <laughs> now, again, like as of the time we're recording this, he has not practiced. So, oh, Jesus. He's not, he's not I'll take A.J. Dillon. He's not gonna I, I don't think he's going to play either. I'll take no. A.J. Dillon, although it is. When, when you open so the week as a DNP, it it's usually like you're not going to play. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, Debro. Rashad White or James Conner? I will take James Conner, although it is gross. I will take James Conner. Both of these guys are staring down horrible defenses that they have to go against. I just, I like I was talking about with Rashad White. I do have a little bit of worries of him losing some work. There is nobody in that backfield that, that's going to take work away from James Conner. Nobody. Yeah. Uh, and then last one here. This is uh, a really close one, actually. Zach Moss or Jerome Ford? I'll go Jerome Ford. Um, I know the matchup is terrible. I think the matchup is terrible for Zach Moss, but we don't know what's going to happen with Anthony Richardson. So if it's the Minshew mania under center, maybe they don't move the ball as well. Um, I'll take Ford. Yeah, that one's basically a coin flip in the who should I start tool, though a slight lean to Zach Moss. Uh, Let's go to the must sit wide receivers. Erickson, give me your three guys here. All right, I'm going to go with... Going back to the Bears, you got got a Bears theme going on. <laughs> so DJ Moore, wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. Look, I, I was on board of starting DJ Moore last week. That hit, he had over 100 mm-hmm. receiving yards. But with these boomer bust wide receivers, you got to play the matchups. And I don't like the matchup at Kansas City. Again, we talked about the up and down passing game with the Chicago Bears. How much is DJ Moore going to be involved? And playing in Kansas City is just a tough place to play. Kansas City basically neutralized a lot of the Jaguars wide receivers last week. I know Calvin Ridley left a lot of production on the table, could have had a better game, but the fact that a lot of Jaguars were busts last week, that doesn't necessarily spell a lot of confidence that, oh, well, DJ Moore will get it done easy. Like, it's a shootout. It's like, probably not the case. So I would try to get away from DJ Moore on the road here um, in Kansas City, which is always a tough place to play. Um, Next up, Garrett Wilson uh, against the New England Patriots. Look, Garrett Wilson has been has been running hot on some of these touchdown catches. 
I mean, basically he willed his way into the end zone on that 60 plus yard touchdown. That was one of his two catches that he had from Zach Wilson. He doesn't catch that. He's going to bust. So Bill Belichick's smart enough to realize that if Garrett Wilson doesn't score, like he's probably going to stop this, uh, this jets offense. So Garrett Wilson, I think they're going to try to put the clamps on him. And I just don't think he's going to have a great game, even though he's had good games against the Patriots in the past. It's been because of the same thing. It's like, he's ripped off one big touchdown run. And as, as, as a fan of Garrett Wilson, I was like, yeah, here we go. Garrett Wilson. I'm like, this is not a sustainable uh, method of success. Yeah, so but shout out to your boy, Christian Gonzalez too, Erickson. Uh, you know, Christian Gonzalez. Go, go ducks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then my last guy here is going to be Deandre Hopkins. Um, so Hopkins has been kind of underwhelming through two weeks. Week one, he had a lot of targets last week. Not as much. I know he was dealing with an injury entering the week he didn't practice all week but this is like the story with deandre hopkins when guys does mike frable hates guys that don't practice and it just like blows my mind that they would sign deandre hopkins who like famously doesn't ever practice so but they did and now he's on the team but he is basically it just he needs so much volume to get anywhere because he has no juice after the catch he's averaging one yard after the catch per reception this year the browns defense is legit like Every single category, just up and down, pass defense, run defense. They Back-to-back weeks, they've just totally shut down opposing offenses between the Bengals and the Steelers. So I'm not expecting a big week for the Tennessee Titans offense, either through the run or the pass. So DeAndre Hopkins, for me, like, what are you missing on him? Like, I think that you'd rather ride in the flames of some of these waiver wire players that are playing well than start DeAndre Hopkins, even if you drafted him as your wide receiver. Do you draft him as your wide receiver too? until you could find something better. And I think that you probably can look on your roster and you could probably find more upside bets than a DeAndre Hopkins, um, who is just, he has to get 13 targets to give you a wide receiver two finish. Like that's what you're hoping for. And I just don't see that, especially against the Browns defense. that has been elite through two weeks. I'm with you on all three of these guys, man. Mm-hmm. I just look at Garrett Wilson. I mean, if he, like the worst quarterback in the NFL, if he was with the love child of Mac Jones and Kenny Pickett, I would be, 20 spots higher on Garrett Wilson. <laughs> it's just that it's Zach Wilson of all the quarterbacks. It's wait, not Zach be a Wilson fun isn't that love child. I mean, he might, he might that's, be. That's, I was like, that's a pretty accurate description. <laughs> yeah. there, Worm. I, I, I kind of stumbled into that one on accident. Um, <laughs> that's uh let's go to some, who should I start here? Erickson, DJ Moore or Terry McLaurin this week. Mm. I'm probably just going to start Terry McLaurin. Cause I think that, I mean, I don't really like either guy, but McLaurin's been more consistent than DJ Moore, who's more boomer bust. Yeah, I mean, this is the must sit section. So the intention here is that we're not really going to like either guy in in most of these. Garrett Wilson or Amari Cooper? Oh, jeez, oh, Amari Cooper for me. I think that one's pretty. Tell me this isn't close. That this one's be this close. one's pretty easy for me. I mean, like I know Deshaun Watson has looked horrible, but the Titans are a team that just there's gonna he's gonna drop back to throw forty times. So. It's, yeah. it's not close, but it's not a blowout. Cooper gets two thirds of the vote. Wilson gets he one should third. Get, he should be like 90 percent, I think. Yeah, it's, Coop. uh, yeah, it's and, Cooper. And then the last one, DeAndre Hopkins or Drake London. I will take uh, Drake London and just hope that the game mm-hmm. shoots out and he just happens to be the guy that gets the targets. <laughs> like, like that's that's kind of the bet here. I think I think London, again, talking about ceiling, I think he has way more upside in this matchup. I think Hopkins is probably like, hey, you want to lock in four for 40? Like five for fifty, like Hopkins is your guy. But if you want a ceiling play, it would be Drake London, in my opinion, because if he does get targets in a mm-hmm. game that could shoot out, I mean, I could 
Titans Browns pound the under. There's no way this game is going to go Atlanta's over not going to be able to run the ball. Like they're <laughs> going to have to throw. So yeah, this Titans Browns game is just try not to play really anyone. It's going to be low scoring. Debro, give me your must sit wide receivers. Which version of Christian Kirk do we get this week? And I, and I'm assuming in saying this, Zay Jones plays. Now I know that's kind of up in the air right now, but which version of Christian Kirk do we get? Do we get the guy from week one who had a 60% route per dropback rate and a 6% target share? Or the guy in week two who had a 77% route per dropback and got a 33% target share? I don't know. If Zay Jones plays, I don't know which Jekyll or Hyde we get this week. I'm sitting Christian Kirk. I like the Jaguars passing attack, but give me Calvin Ridley or give me nobody. Um, The next guy up here, Marquise Brown. And this is really easy. They're playing Dallas. Those cornerbacks... I don't want any part of Trevion Diggs. Just a little fun factoid for people out there. The passer rating allowed by Trevion Diggs in coverage right now is one, not, not one <laughs> 15, one, just one. That's it. It's always given up. So I, I, I can't play Marquise Brown. He, like Josh Dobbs might be under pressure so much. Like he's barely even getting passes off in this game. So can't play the wide receivers that are catching passes from Josh Dobbs. Last guy I could bring up here, and he was in one of the early discussions, Terry McLaurin. The numbers for, for Terry have not been good. 15% target share. He is outside the top 40 wide receivers in receiving grade and yards per out run. You tell me he's going to run 84% of his routes against Tredavious White and Christian Benford, who actually Benford is out playing White right now with a 52 passer rating allowed. Eh-eh. I don't want any part of that. I'm sitting F1. No way. Let's get to the who should I starts here for you, Debro. Christian Kirk or Michael Thomas? Oh, Michael Thomas. Give me that up. Easy. Thomas does get the slight lean in the tool. Marquise Brown or Elijah Moore? Ugh, that's a case of double yuck. Um, I'll take Elijah Moore because it's a pass funnel defense. They're not going to be able to run them all. Yeah, Moore getting, uh, again, slightly more of the vote there. And then lastly, I was surprised by the outcome of this. Terry McLaurin or Jordan Addison? Um, I'm going to take Jordan Addison in a shootout. I I agree. Addison's only getting 14% uh according to the experts. So that is the that's kind of the first one in today's show that I think is Oof. is off and and you could probably take advantage of that if you have both guys on your team. Mm-hmm. You should start Addison, not McLaurin. Absolutely. Well, yeah, we went long on running backs and receivers, so let's go to the must-sit quarterback, tight end and defenses. We'll run through these a little quicker. Erickson, give me your QB, tight end, and defense special teams. Right. I got a Packers special for you guys. I'm sitting oh, there dear. quarterback and tight end because they're playing the Saints. So Jordan Love has thrown six touchdowns, zero interceptions, despite the fact that he ranks 28th in passing attempts and 23rd in passing yards. Uh, this is just regression. Like, he just can't run hotter than the sun for this long. The Saints, I think, have an under underrated secondary. So for me, I think Jordan Love is just kind of going to come back down to earth. He's just not passing the ball enough. Like he was throwing for 300 yards every week and three touchdowns. Like, okay, like I could buy more into this, but because it's just on such a small sample size that he's been super efficient, I just think that his passing touchdown rate is going to dip and regress a little bit, um, especially with this game. Both teams are, at least Green Bay is still trying to project Jordan Love. They're not like a fast paced offense. Like he's executing the offense really well, but it's not necessarily conducive, I think, for a lot of fantasy scoring in the future, especially in this matchup. And then with Luke Musgrave, the Saints, there's no fly zone with tight ends. Like Debro has brought it up on numerous occasions, especially last year. It's like last year, they're number one against tight ends so far this year, number one against tight ends. So just like 
if there's a reason to not play tight end, like it's if they play the Saints, so just don't play them. <laughs> so Luke Musgrave is also a sit for me this week at tight end. Um, and then at DST, it's going to be the Washington Commanders. I know a lot of people picked them up. They were playing Denver and Arizona the first two weeks. This week, they're playing Buffalo. Don't want any piece of that. I know Josh Allen can be a wild man at times. You might think, oh, like maybe we can get some turnovers. I think there are much <laughs> better options on the waiver wire that you can go to as opposed to playing in the nation's capital. Quickly, Erickson, Jordan Love or Matthew Stafford this week? I would go Staff. I mean, Stafford right now, they are just, mm-hmm. they're running so many plays. And unlike Jordan Love, Matthew Stafford is due for positive touchdown regression because he's not thrown like any touchdowns, despite the fact that the Rams are running more plays than any offense in the NFL. And he's just thrown for 300 yards every single week. So I would buy the dip on Stafford, um, you know, the opposite of what I'm doing with Jordan Love. Debro, give me your quarterback, tight end, and defense special teams. Well, I'm going to kick this off. I'm sitting Chef Gino, Gino Smith. I know he had a great bounce back game in week two, but I'm sitting him here. Carolina Panthers have been extremely tough against quarterbacks. Fifth fewest fantasy points per game allowed. Twelfth lowest CPOE on deep throws, and that's what Gino wants to do. So now, Chef Gino, head back to the kitchen. You ain't playing for me this week. Next guy I got to talk about, Chick Conquo. Um, the results have been very disappointing with Chig. 10% target share. He is outside the top 25 tight ends in target share and first read target share. He has a 0.76, not even one people yards per route run. If you don't know the metric, just know that that's bad. Cleveland Browns have been extremely good against tight ends of the last two seasons. So count me out on Chig and the last defense I got to bring here. And this is really just name cache. People look at a good team and they say, Man, you know what? They signed J.C. Jackson. They got Khalil Mack. Chargers got to be a good defense, right? No. <laughs> uh-uh. That game is going to shoot out, and it's going to be because of the Chargers defense is terrible. They are allowing the highest yards per attempt, the third highest pass rating, and the eighth highest adjusted completion rate. So bombs away for man Van Kirk Cousins and sit the Chargers defense. Don't want any part of it. No explanation. Just give me a pick. Zach Ertz or Chega Conquo? Ertz. Based off of volume. All right, quick recap here. Must sit running backs. Jerome Ford, Khalil Herbert, Damian Pierce, Tyler Algier, Rashad White, Zach Moss, wide receivers, DJ Moore, Garrett Wilson, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Marquise Brown, Terry McLaurin, quarterbacks, Jordan Love and Geno Smith, tight ends, Luke Musgrave and Chickaconquo, and defenses, Washington and the Los Angeles Chargers. We will get out of here for Erickson and Debro. I'm Ryan Warmly. We'll see you guys again next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it.
2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.